Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. Welcome y'all. If you follow us on Instagram, you have already had a taste, pun intended, of today's episode. We took a cooking class on the official cuisine of Louisiana. That's right, we are talking gumbo. So, without further ado, meet you at the table. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Magnolias. The strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South. And we've got plenty of room at our table. So pull up a chair. Okay, it's that time of year. We're all starting to think about spring dresses and Easter hats and all those things that are just so fun to... The song um, about pull your, out this time of year. The Easter bonnet song right. is going through my head. Yes. Yes. But in addition to an Easter bonnet, it's also coming up on time to think about if you're one of those getting to go to the Kentucky Derby. Oh, yes. Or you're going to a Derby party. Yes. Or there's a lot of spring equestrian races coming. Absolutely. Some Caitlin have gotten. will be doing, you know, their April weekend runs. Yeah. Lots of reasons to wear fascinators and hats. Yes. Yay. All we the are things both we love. Um, so have we got something fun for you? We mentioned this last year, but there is a company, Prim and Brim, mm-hmm. and they do a pop-up for the month of April mm-hmm. so that you can get your derby hat or fascinator. Yep. They're in Kentucky. They are in Bowling Green, Kentucky. They do a pop-up there, but they're also online. Yay! All of the um, goods are also That's right. online. So no matter where you are, you can get a hold of them. They have derby hats. They have purses, fascinators, ties for the guys. Cool. Fun socks for the guys mm-hmm. or girls. Derby socks and jockey mm-hmm. socks and all kinds of fun things. Derby gifts. If you're going to a derby party and you need a cute um, hostess gift, they've got you covered. Fun. So we are partnering with them to do a giveaway Woo-hoo! on our Instagram. So the pop-up store is open from April 2nd to 30th in Bowling Green. Okay. You can go to primandbrim.com to... Look at the where they are exactly. Yeah, or if you just want to shop yourself, no matter where you're located, um, tons of fun things on their site. So we're giving away a fascinator, a fascinator and bow tie that match each yes. other. So, so it's so cute because you can be a little couple, a little and, his and hers. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, so look for that right now on our Instagram. We're giving it away this week. So fun. So I got invited to a wedding shower. That's a tea and a brunch. Oh. Um, 
and another in- reason to wear a fascinator. Right? Oh, I know. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to segue into that, but it is. It's the season. Enclosed with the invitation was the cutest blank recipe card that said delicious dishes for the Mr. and Mrs. Love it. And there was a little instruction note in there that said, bring a recipe to share with the bride and be entered to win a prize. So cute. I was like, challenge accepted. Because this bride's from California. So y'all, I was like, where do I begin? Right? That's right. We did this for one of your showers where we had people bring recipes. But I think was, it's sweet. It wasn't a competition though. Well, no. So that got me thinking, like, what would, what do you think I should do? What should so the competition, what's the competition? Like, do they just pick which one they think sounds the best? Or is she going to make these and then decide? No, she won't make them. They're going to decide at the shower. Oh. It said bring a recipe card maybe they're just going to throw them all in oh and if you brought a recipe card then you're that's probably what they're going to do okay but let's say they were going off of like off of taste which which recipe sounds the best uh the recipe we just practiced at our cooking class was pretty dang good this one we're talking about today i mean that's one i would put in the running yeah since she's not from here i was like do i give her my pimento cheese recipe that's a fun one i do a good casserole like a sweet potato casserole you know i was just toying with all different things so i'm still undecided well now that my mind's on derby i'm thinking i have a great derby pie recipe yeah i had one of my chinese students made it for her they did it at her school do you have you ever heard of pie day yes march 14th so they were all supposed to bring yeah. A pie for pie day oh, how and they had a competition and... and you had her bring derby pie yeah i love it i anyway. love it okay <laughs> we got a lot to cover today so anyway um well we thought hands-on learning might be the best way to go ahead and jump into today's topic so we went and experienced a cooking class so fun right here in town at a place called sur la table and you may have a sur la table in your neck of the woods but the gumbo class was so fun because it was just it was us. just us people are still a little gun shy i guess with the covid situation so we had and a it was in an afternoon on a weekday right so yeah it was really fun. so we had a private class with, chef mike with chef mike now i will go ahead and say the gumbo recipe from our cooking class is going to be available only to our patrons this week so i'm posting that this week fun um, for them if you'd like to know more about being a patreon then you can do that at patreon.com. I'll link to it. That's an exclusive just for those folks. But we have lots to say about gumbo. Yeah. Such a big staple dish in Louisiana. Yes. I mean, there's, you know, Cajuns and Creoles, and they have their own style of making gumbo. Oh, yes. But both of those groups native in Louisiana. Yes. And they may not do things exactly the same, but there are elements of it that are in both direction, uh, both people groups. Well, and again, kind of like with the barbecue sauces, like such a divisive topic, topic, especially from people that are originally from Louisiana. Like yes. they know what they know and what they know is right. And so. the other thing I think is really funny is people are very private about their recipes. Like right. restaurants don't give out their recipe. Yeah. If you're one of the ones at the restaurant that knows how to make their signature recipe they don't share it right yeah really gets kind of secretive yeah it does well let me give you one definition that i found looking up online gumbo's defined as a popular u.s soup from the state of louisiana um it is the official state cuisine 
Gumbo consists primarily of a strong flavored stock, meat or shellfish, a thickener, and the Cajun slash Creole Holy Trinity, which yes. is celery, bell pepper, usually a green bell pepper, and, and onions. onions. Um, but funny to think of an official state cuisine. Like, I've never even heard of official state cuisine. Well, when you think about um, New Orleans in particular, it's probably the most um, important U.S. city for our own cooking. That's I mean, you've true. got Chicago and New York and places like that that have a lot of, you know, Italian yes. cooking or Irish, you know, like there's those populations. But as far as like American. Yeah, that's true. Good New point. Orleans is the yeah. city for our food. Well, I got interested because I was like, does Tennessee have an official state cuisine? We don't. Okay. Not one that's like truly public. Okay. We have an official state fruit. The tomato. Oh, That's okay. kind of our own official food. So oh, anyway, okay. I, know we've got I was a lot thinking of maybe we would go whiskey. Listeners. Or, you know, it's not food, but it is pretty important in our state. <laughs> but what's interesting in that definition I gave was there was no mention of okra. Ah, well, it says thickener. And so we'll get to that. That is. Okay. Uh, but I mean, you would think it would be called out by name because what we learned in our class was gumbo means okra. That's, That's right. How it would translate from African origins. Isn't where that it, funny? It that, actually comes from. But not every gumbo has okra. Right. Some of them use other thickeners. Yeah. And we'll get to that aspect but of the dish. But it just feels dish. funny to. But I always think of okra in gumbo. Like, I know every recipe has something people change out. But yeah. But you not... change out the very thing that the recipe is called? <laughs> that seems a little weird to me. <laughs> I didn't know that's what it meant until I didn't our either. chef told us that. I didn't or... either. We almost were like, wait, what? We... He just opened with that statement. We I'm were like, like hold, hold on. on. Should we take notes? <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, maybe a better definition, in my opinion, after taking this class would be a soup thickened with okra pods or filet, which we're going to talk about today and containing you know meats or seafoods with the holy trinity and vegetables yes, i don't know that yes, might be a yes. little better and there, yeah of a definition so should we go into at all cajun and creole i want to do a whole episode on that at some point so maybe we just hold off i don't know yeah what are your thoughts let's hold off till okay. we get to we'll do that, that episode. as its own episode yeah. um in terms of cuisine though uh gumbo can be either Cajun or Creole, like you yes. see both both ways. Um, and same for jambalaya. Those You'll see both cultures making those dishes. Cajun cuisine um, emphasize smoked meats. They're often more like mm -hmm. land mm -hmm. yeah. meats, yeah. Yeah. whereas Creole will often do more seafood. Yeah. Not exclusively, but that's often what you'll see. Um, and Creole cooking prominently features the ripe tomatoes. Yes. And rich sauces. That's a good distinction. So. And since you mentioned jambalaya, I, sometimes I get confused because of the rice component to both jambalaya and gumbo. Sometimes yes. gumbo, a lot of times gumbo actually is served alongside rice. But if you can think of jambalaya is like primarily a rice dish. Like yeah, it, not necessarily. Like I think of gumbo as more thick soup. Right. Stew with some rice. Exactly. Versus. Yeah. yeah. Jambalaya, jambalaya is, would be um, almost as rice based as like if you've ever had a Spanish paella. Like it is rice. Yes. With some things mixed in. So anyway, I didn't know if Good. people That's were. That's a great distinction. Confused about that. But yeah. Um, 
Well, there's also a lot of French influence in this dish mm-hmm. um, and in a lot of New Orleans cooking. Um, we mentioned the Holy Trinity. Yes. Which is in a lot of Louisiana cooking. Yes. Um, and that is actually similar to, um, I can't remember how you pronounce this, mirepoix, I think is how okay. you say it, mirepoix, which is very popular in French cooking, which is onion, celery, and carrots. Okay. Yes. So carrot being the sweet yes. of the Trinity. Yes. Same for, this is the similar, but bell peppers instead of carrots. So okay. a lot of great dishes are based on those flavors mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um I guess you could make it if there was something you didn't like in the Holy Trinity without it, but yeah. they're so good together. Well, and also I, what I really love from looking at the history of this dish is when you think about Louisiana at the turn of like the 19th century, people from, um, there was like Africa, which rep- is represented by the okra. Yes, for sure. There was um, Choctaw. So like I'm talking the tribe, you know. The actual natives of the land. They brought about the spice, the filet powder. And that, in case I did, I wasn't real familiar with filet. I think about Hank Williams singing it. (laughs) I I had a note about that. Real quick, before we talk filet though. And then the roux, which is French. Yes. So, I mean, when you think about how little people traveled back then like your neighbors were your neighbors and that's who you did life with even more way more so than we do now so what an enter it's almost like the most beautiful picture of a neighborhood get together bringing all aspects together and I think you could even go further and say you know the Spanish bring in the tomatoes that's true the Germans bring in the sausage and the smoked meat that's so true yeah. Um, it's just like a true melting pot. It is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's, let's do spend just a little bit of time talking about this filet okay. powder. So can we just talk thickeners in general? Yes. So filet powder, I'm going to say filet powder because yeah. that's the form you would use in gumbo. Yes, it's a spice. Is ground sassafras leaves. Yes. And um, even in you talking about... Um, the mix that it all is this particular dish mm-hmm. um in africa they would use these big mortar and pestles huge ones i'm talking like broom size pestle wow. okay yeah and so um yeah the african people were very familiar with how to grind things using okay, yeah. the mortars and pestles and then the choctaw were very used to doing things with this filet right so together <laughs> Yeah. They've come up with this great thickener yeah. for yeah. soups yeah. and dishes like that. And um, that is one thing. Filet can be one thing people use as a thickener. The roux that you make is a thickener. Yes. And okra itself has this thickening. Yes. So that's why this ends up being more than just like a brothy soup. Right. It's like a, a stew. yummy stew. Yeah. With and tons of flavor. Filet is F-I-L-E with an accent. Yes. I just wanted people to know that. Yeah, if that you're looking hard. for it in the spice section, that's where yeah. it's going to be. And I saw that Zatarain's makes a filet. Oh, gumbo, okay. A gumbo filet. How would you? Yeah, it would be called just gumbo called filet powder. Okay. Yeah. Um. So if you're familiar with Zatarain's, that would be a brand. There, I mean, there's others. But, yeah. Um. 
it's going to be with your spices. And some, you know, we were talking about there's different thickeners. Some recipes will call for both filet and okra. Yeah. And a roux. I mean, like, yeah. it's not like it's you pick which one. Right. But yeah, in our class, we did both a roux-based gumbo, but we also added, added okra, okra at the very, very end. Because apparently it gets slimy. It gets very slimy. Um, that's why I thought I didn't like okra, because I had it where it's gotten slimy and it's just kind of ick to me. Yeah. But I did add it at the end, and I'll mention. I saw one recipe, I thought this was interesting, that had you fry the okra. Okay. And therefore, it added the okra early on in the recipe with the Holy Trinity. Okay. It added in, it had you fry the okra, and then go ahead and add it in with your Holy Trinity. Fascinating. So Our daddy loves some fried okra, so I had that a lot growing up, and it was not my favorite, so... But yeah, filet gumbo is also famously mentioned in the classic country song by Hank Williams Jr., um, Jambalaya on the Bayou. Yeah. So if that sounds familiar, that really might be filet gumbo. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Okay. Well, like I said, sometimes if you ask people, how do you make your gumbo, you're not going to get a great clear answer because it's so secretive. But one thing is for sure, this is a dish that takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. particularly if you do it um, where you're making your own stock yes. and you're making the roux. Yes. Like it's step by step by step. Yes. Um, and so I even love the fact that I just even wanted to talk about roux for a minute. We should because I learned st- stuff about roux. Yeah. And I didn't realize I've made roux quite a few times with different sauces, but I didn't realize you can make it and then put just the roux in the refrigerator. Yeah. Never heard that. Before. Cause that takes a little hot minute to make. It does. That's- and so once you have made it, then you can just put that in the refrigerator and maybe the next day start on the next step. Yeah. And I appreciate that because yes. sometimes I don't have a huge chunk of time. I have a little time here, a little time there. That's a good point. And roux is one you need to be paying attention to while you're making it. You don't it. walk away from it and do so. something else. You stir it constantly, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, you make a roux from powder, uh, flour mm-hmm. and oil or flour and butter. A fat. A fat. Flour yes. and a fat. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, something that I and learned. And cast iron skillets are great for roux. Yes. Yeah. See, everything we used in that cooking class was so wonderful. Everything was like just <laughs> the right cut, temperature. Already and Yeah. Sharp knives. and. But one thing I learned in the class about making a roux was they told us that the longer you cook the roux, obviously the more brown in color it's going to get, but the thicker it's becoming as well, but the less taste it's going to infuse. Yes. So if you are looking for your roux to be the taste infusion, then it maybe just needs to be a white in color, like a kind of a, I don't know. Would you yeah, say Yeah, you would do that if you were making, like, let's say a Kentucky hot brown and you were going to make mm-hmm. that sauce that goes mm-hmm. over it. That's a white roux. Yes. But for a gumbo, right. it's usually a brown. Yes. Like sometimes you'll even, and there's such a spectrum, you know, you go white to blonde to like maybe peanut butter yes. to mahogany like it can get yes. like a real spectrum of roux good description yes <laughs> i was following that completely yes um you want a pretty brown roux yes. for a for gumbo. gumbo yeah and i believe he said that even though it's getting thicker as you make it it's less of a i thought he said that it was like it added more thickness the shorter time 
Oh, okay. Well, then I got that backwards. In this actual okay. soup. But since okay. we were adding okra, too, yeah. it was going to be plenty thick enough. Okay. Um, but you can look up, you know, videos on how to make a roux if this seems intimidating to you. Oh, it's like And that kind of nothing, thing. The though. main thing is that you just keep stirring. Like, yes. don't walk away from it because it won't. Get you a whisk burn. or a wooden spoon and stay at it. That's yeah. right. Um, oh, and just an easy, you measure out one part flour, one part equal parts fat, okay. Okay. whatever you're doing. And um, there's even some great information on how much to make based on how many quarts of gumbo you want. Like okay. you can, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like if you're making, it would you would make three ounces of roux for um, a quart. Okay. So if you're making two quarts, obviously you're going to need right. six ounces of roux. Etc. Well, that's for depending on the body of the sauce that you want and as that's, well. So that's already got me thinking about a lot of times I bet gumbo is prepared in large quantities. Oh, I can only imagine what restaurants are doing. But yeah, even if you're doing it for a church cookout exactly. or something like that. If you have the Southern Living Heirloom Cookbook, okay, um, I have that at home and I was looking at how much, you know, how they do their gumbo they do a chicken and seafood gumbo that makes 32 cups. Okay. So, you know, I don't know if that's average or I would want what, two cups for my serving, you, you know, know, if I was having it just as a meal. So that's almost like we've talked about punches on here before. Like, it's ma- already made to feed masses. Yes. Yeah. Or the recipe already is made for that. So, anyway. Well... I like knowing now that I could make the roux, make it really well, put it in the fridge, and then start the next day with chopping or mm-hmm. whatever, because this yeah. is pretty time consuming. Yes. Um, we're not given a recipe on making your own chicken stock, but that's something you could look up. That makes a big difference, too. I mean, I, there's some soups I make, and I'm fine just using that box. He said Kitchen Basics was a good brand, I remember. He, he called did. out. If you're not and that your Pacific own. brand, he called that yeah, one yeah. out too, and I've yeah. used I've had their soups and they're really good. So yeah. anyway, ne- I've never made my own stock, so that would be potentially a really important thing if you're in a contest or something, though, because that adds a ton of flavor. True, you know, if you're yes, yeah, wanting to win the recipe prize. <laughs> if there's at the shower, if there's a ribbon on the line. That's right, a blue ribbon on the line. Okay, when I think of gumbo, maybe it's just based on the ones I've had. I don't necessarily think seafood gumbo, though I love seafood gumbo. I don't either. I think of sausage, chicken, like more land meat. Chicken and sausage. Yep. Um, Together, though. And that's what we made. Yep. In this particular one. Yeah. We use chicken thighs. Yeah. And, you know, I have found in my cooking endeavors, while I love the... um, like amount of meat you get on a breast, it is not as flavorful as a thigh. Chicken thighs are just more flavorful. No. Especially yeah. with the bone in. If yes. you're roasting them or something. Yes. Obviously we had this cut into pieces. But yes. um I've yep. just found it's so much more flavorful. Yeah. And he said that as well. So that was a good good takeaway. So much I learned. I know. Um well one thing's for sure in Louisiana and in the Cajun and Creole cooking, they used what they had. I mean, you're going to see recipes that, um, especially in older cookbooks, where they're using rabbit, they're using yeah. um, wild duck, yep. you know, whatever they could get their hands on. Yes. Um, sometimes even in the seafood ones, you'll see oysters. 
Yeah. Um, in addition to shrimp or whatever they have. Yeah. And down there, they have. They got lots. Yumminess. Being coastal, they have land and coast. And, you know, we mentioned in our Mississippi River episode, the way the river comes into the ocean there Mm -hmm. and the collision of that, there is some fabulous seafood. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Around there. Yeah. Well, okra, uh, one thing I wanted to mention about okra, it's a Mm -hmm. seed pod. Yes. And, you know, so it, when it's chopped up, it becomes there. This is actually the word, mucilaginous. Mucilaginous. Okay, like mucinex. Like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It's very unappealing yeah. to think of. Yeah, but it's that slimy, slimy, <laughs> sliminess. Um. So I really loved his cooking tip of not adding it till the end. Right. So you won't get too slimy. And even. Put it aside if you're not, if you're preparing ahead of time. Yes. And you're going to be reheating it later to serve. Wait just till you it reheat. In. Yeah. And that worked great. Because I, I am one who, I don't like that sliminess. And yeah. I loved having the okra in my gumbo. Me too. When I did it that way. Me too. And it was really tasty. Me too. Um, what else would we say? Well, um, just about filet, some of the notes I had on that. Um, it's finely ground, and it's kind of a greenish-brown color. It looks kind of like um, matcha tea, if you've ever seen that. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a good description. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it looks a lot like matcha, but um, I didn't realize this is the same plant whose roots are used to give root beer its taste. Oh. But Feely powder itself has no, like, root beer flavor right. or yeah. anything like that. That's I just funny. didn't. I never really thought about that before. Um, but filet, if you're using that as your thickener, mm-hmm. it is um, it loses its thickening effect the longer it's simmered. So if that's what you're going to use as your sim as your thickener, you p- add that at the end. Okay, um, that's and a good it doesn't point. take a ton. Yeah, like just I, you can always add more, but go easy as you're putting it in there. Can't take it out, but you can always <laughs> add more. Um, and keep in mind that you don't have, if you're using okra and filet, like they're not exclusive. You right. can do both. Yes, you Many can. Really good And you could even do, do a roux. And the roux. Yes. yes. All of it together. Yes. It's going to be good. Use what you got, right? That's right. Do you hear Steven Tyler kind of singing every time you hear the word sassafras? Oh my gosh, that's Kiss so your funny. sassafras. <laughs> I just can not thought about I it. I can't hear that word and I Though hear him. Though when I hear filet, I definitely hear Hank Williams. But <laughs> I hadn't thought about that one. Yes, that's The influence hilarious. of music that's on our right. lives. That's right. Um, and also if you're, um, gumbo doesn't have to have rice. Right. But if you're doing, if you are having rice with it, I would say prepare your rice completely separate. This is not like jambalaya. This is completely separate. And you just add that as you're serving it. Yeah. I've even seen it like with a little scoop on top and let the person kind of mix it as they want. That's what I was going to say. Or on the side or something. Even a little ramekin next to it or something. would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That would actually be perfect. Um, Another thing that it would typically be served with, which is what we did in our class, is cornbread. Yeah, and so we made a honey butter cornbread, which kind of tasted more it like was cake. cake, totally cake. But this, it was wonderful. It was really yummy. But I would say that was not what I'm. But it was like sweet and savory. That's why true. I think it was That's so true. wonderful. That's true. So I mean, you're not typically going to have that sweet of a cornbread, and most cornbreads are going to be. Well, if you make a sugar based cornbread, I guess it kind of is. It might always be that. But this sweet, was very sugary. It was very sugary. And but yeah. 
I liked the sweet and the savory. The sweet and savory combo together. And I will say gumbo is one of those dishes that is even better the next day. Like the yep. flavors start to blend more and more. That's the case with several yep. dishes that have a lot of ingredients. Yep. Um, I, so I feel like that's a great incentive to press through and do the work. Do the work. To make a large quantity. Maybe add your okra at the very, when you reheat. Yeah. But just let it all sit and soak yeah. each other up. Yes. So good. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend finding the recipe you love for yes. gumbo and making it maybe for a group because you know you can feed a lot of people you can with this yes um it's very hearty so yeah yeah now louisiana does have um several gumbo festivals i was gonna mm-hmm. look up like when when is the gumbo festival well it depends on what city you're looking mm-hmm. to be in but most of them were october november okay so oh, see fall when it's yes. turning that sweater weather and you just yes. want a good stew a good comfort that makes sense. bowl of yumminess well i saw here in nashville that we just had a new orleans style restaurant called the gumbo brothers that really? opened up down in the gulch area okay. in our downtown area i know we've got a lot of nashville based listeners so i wanted to mention it i don't know by taste because i haven't been there but it's two roommates from lsu i love it i'm just like that's so on. cute um, they have a they actually their story is that they lived in new york and so they have one in brooklyn because they couldn't find oh my goodness you know again okay. If you're from Louisiana, you've got a diehard recipe and you know how to do it your way. And so they weren't finding that. Okay. Which shocks me in New York. Seriously. That they weren't finding. everything. Um, And so up in 2016, they opened a Gumbo Brothers in Brooklyn. And now they just opened one here in the Nashville area. So it's just two Southern raised buddies that wanted to do gumbo. And they've got all kinds of gumbo, but all kinds of other new orleans dishes so well bellevue has a restaurant called voodoo gumbo that i've heard very good things about Mm. as well from somebody who travels a lot to new orleans and he says it's a authentic yummy uh if gumbo louisiana food if gumbo's in the name of your restaurant like you better have a good i mean (laughs) i feel safe recommending you because you've really owned it that's true very um, true even though i haven't not sure about your po boy but your gumbo better be good exactly (laughs) oh well this was fun fun. and yes just such a nod to southern culture at its best Mm. coming together and coming up with recipes together so i'm ready to go do just a food tour of new orleans how about you let's do it i mean it a week it would be a week days i mean you would need some time for sure but yeah um and then yeah go into our contest right now for the really cute fascinator and bow tie set yes for your you're gonna be the cutest couple your spring wear (laughs) wherever you might be going okay laney peace be with you and also with y'all